Snap goes high over the head of Big Ben, all the way back to the two, to the one, and the Browns have it in the end zone, and they dive on the ball and recover it for a touchdown! Not a bad start. It's the gleam, man. There's a gleam. He's going for Landry down by the end zone. A tumbling catch for a touchdown. Touchdown, Nick Chubb. Mayfield's got the snap. Looks right, throws right, end zone. Touchdown. Anybody, it's the same old Browns. You, it's not the same old Browns. This is different. Hey, everyone. Welcome in. This is not the same old Browns podcast. I am your host, Andy Lytle, and this is episode eight, and it's draft week, guys. One of the most jolliest times of year for the Brown for all Browns fans. But uh, I'm looking forward to this episode. Uh, we're going to be breaking down everything at pick 26 and throughout the Browns draft. And we're actually going to do another live mock draft uh, here on the show today. But uh, before we get into that, uh, I just want to thank everyone for all the positive feedback from last week's episode with Lane Atkins uh, of the OBR. And Lane, thanks again to Lane for joining me. Dude, you're the man. I appreciate you. And uh, I hope you all enjoyed that. Everyone seemed to. Uh, all the feedback on Twitter says that. So I, I truly appreciate it. Uh, real quick, we got a few more, three more five-star reviews on Apple Podcast. Uh, it says, let's see, this first one. Different is good from Vox Canton 1981. Andy brings a new vibe to the old tired out sports pod. Love the direction Andy is going and can't wait to see what he has in store for when the actual season starts. Let's go Browns. Thanks, Vox. Next one. Great podcast from Weld. 4799. I really enjoy this podcast. It is like sitting around with your friends talking about the Browns. Lane Atkins was an entertaining guest. Yes, he was. Well, and I appreciate that five-star review, my friend. Last one from Fly Navy Dog. Must listen for Browns fans. Thanks as always for the great work. Sharing with all my friends and go Browns. Thank you, Fly Navy Dog. Yeah, guys, Lane is the man. Um, that was a lot of fun to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit on Mr. Lane Atkins, the little Mr. Browns of uh, international mystery, as I like to call him. <laughs> but um, so here we are. It's draft week, guys. I have a couple buds of mine here with me today. Um, first, we have uh, on. Uh, well, it's funny because he's our first returning guest. Uh, he joined me for episode one, uh, Stephen Thomas of Browns Daily Mock Draft and the OBR. What's going on, Stephen? Hey, just uh, <clears throat> looking forward to the uh, seven linebackers they're going to draft. <laughs> me too, buddy. Pretty me exciting. Too. Me too. It's exciting, exciting stuff. And then next up, we're joined by a buddy of mine that I've been conversing on Twitter with for years about all things Browns. He is host of the Locked On Browns podcast, Mr. Jeff Lloyd. What's going on, Jeff? Uh, not too much. Um, and certainly we've discussed a lot more than Browns, but we've grown in. Yeah, we've we, evolved. We've we, become we, better people. We have, we have, we have evolved over the years, haven't we? Um, well, first off, I, I know you guys are busy as hell during this during this time of the year, and uh, I appreciate you both taking time on this Sunday to come on record with me for this episode. And looking checks in the mail, it. right? Yeah, checks in the mail. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. Then did you're you welcome. The, did you get the one from episode one? I got a fruit basket. Yeah, that's. Mm -hmm. I thought you would enjoy that. But yeah. Let it sit around. Let it ferment. You'll have alcohol later. You can use it with that wine or whatever that you drink, Steve. Way ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, it's a big week. It's draft week. It's finally here. Is it? It, it, it is. It is. Believe it or not, it, and it's going to be in Cleveland, which I think is pretty fucking cool. And I'm I'm very excited for the city of Cleveland to be hosting this grand event. Um. 
Steven, I'll start with you. We're at 26, which is out of the norm in recent years. Definitely. It's, this is new territory for, for not only Browns fans, but the Browns organization and Andrew Barry and everyone involved. As it stands right now, what are some things that you see most likely happening here at 26? <laughs> most yeah. likely. I, 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 that's the... Uh, yes, that's my favorite. That's the, that's that the, the million-dollar question right yes. now because, <clears throat> and you know, we've talked about this, Jeff and I have talked about this, everybody's talked about this. There's probably a dozen different routes they could go, Yes, and they're all legitimately viable like you know you we all have our preferences obviously but you can make a case for a trade up you could easily make a case for a trade down uh, if they stick and pick uh, there's a good chance somebody at value will be there they could take and if they do that they yeah. could take a corner they could take an edge they could take a wide receiver and yes I, i'm needling the linebacker people out there but there is a small chance i think that they could take a linebacker they could also Talk take up. a jok which is a separate thing yes that's a linebacker yes that's your safety that hybrid. that's your safety hybrid correct so what i think is most likely good grief um I think based on several things, and Jeff and I have talked about this, uh, uh, we talked about it on Lockdown Browns a couple of weeks ago when he was kind enough to have me on. The fact that this front office relies so heavily on data, and every year we find out after the fact that no team had more than 15, you know, 18, 16 first round grades, whatever. It's right. rare that a team has 32 true first round grades. I don't think I've ever heard about it. And then you throw that on top of the fact that Andrew Barry just came out and said they only have 114 draftable grades in the entire draft. So if you're thinking 26 of them are going to have first round grades, that's almost 20% of their players <laughs> that they think are, it just doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense to me. So unless, you know, the variance in everybody's board has one of their guys fall to them. I, if you ask me right now to put a percentage on it, I yeah. still think the percentage leader in the clubhouse is moving down a bit. Um, but this year is so unpredictable. There's so many gaps in information out there that it's it's almost impossible to say what's most likely. How about you, Jeff? Uh, I, I kind of, I'm with Steve for most of this, but uh, you think about it now. If you're realistically sticking at 26. Right now, we all, you know, there's an agreement that there's probably four top cornerbacks in this class. You know, where does the fifth one lie? Is the value in pick 26 or even in the first round? Right. Wide receiver, it's kind of simple. I mean, it's kind of similar. Uh, there's four, and you know, as much as you know, we've all been trying to talk about Rashad Bateman lately, there's a good possibility he's a fourth wide receiver off the board, and it comes well before pick sure. 26. So that changes your option there. Edge now, and for everybody. Yes, you signed Tack McKinley. Yes, you signed Jadavian Clowney. They're both here for one year. And if it works out the way the Browns hope it works out, there's a good chance one, if not both, sign for more lucrative deals next offseason, which mm -hmm. leaves you in the same scenario you're in right now. So there would be your need. The thing that is probably the most refreshing about this is unless it's a corner and Greedy's health you know, does not come back, you're not drafting a starting player. And I, I can't even emphasize how important and great that is for this franchise. Steve and sure. I have had this running joke for years where, you know, Labor Day weekend where you're, everybody makes the cuts. Now, the Browns are saying, well, if we can get a starting guard and we can yeah. get a third corner. <laughs> I mean, they don't have to do that anymore. Right. They, they, they are not Fuck in a position. Me. And it's about grooming and it's about developing talent and putting players on the path to succeed. And, you know, people and everybody will – 
Why wide receiver? It's a similar situation there. Yes. And, oh, well, you can get one in the third round or the fourth round. Yes, but if you have someone valued a lot higher, you're not going to say, oh, well, we can, you know, I mean, it just doesn't, you know, why buy an expensive beer when you could just buy Bush? It yeah. doesn't work that way. You know, I mean, you've done all this work. And with the 114 players on this board, and one thing that Steve didn't mention with his his this is one of the this is probably the smallest draft class in the last decade. It'll be the smallest draft class in the next decade. There's just not a lot of players this year. It's it's just the way it went with so many players opting out, yeah. so many players with the option of being able to stay an extra year in college. A weird took year. advantage of that. So with that and without a combine and that number maybe only being 114, I think no combine and some players with no tape from 2020, some players where they're still an incomplete athletic profile, that may have made the difference with 54 players that they have listed as preferred free agents. Who knows? Maybe they're of that 54, there could have been 20 put onto the 114. Sure. But when you do you know, the box crunching through the analytic lens, it's really hard to have an incomplete in one of these eras in areas. So that's what maybe say we really, really like the player, but without this bit of information or without the fact that he hasn't played a football game in over 20 calendar months, it's really hard for us to put a draftable grade on him. Yeah. And you, you, you guys brought up trade up trade down scenarios. I the yeah, trade, Steve jumped right to segment two right there, didn't he? he right? He's he, opening line. He did, man. He's all he's on he's on <laughs> Let's fire. Move this along. Come on. I, I got mocks to do for people to hate. Let's go. Come on. He's on fire. I have to create um, some angry replies. I haven't had any in 10 minutes. You've had, <laughs> the trade a trade down scenario, you know, if, if, if the board falls weird and, and they don't like the value there, I mean, this is an organization that would trade down in a lot of in a lot of situations like that. I part of me feels terrible for Browns fans because the the draft is in Cleveland and it would be so Browns to trade out of the fucking first At round midnight. Yeah, I tell you, I tell you what though, eighty five percent of them who were there, they're going to be drunk that oh, don't remember that it happened, or yeah. B, they were waking up the next day to try and say, oh crap, who was it they drafted again anyway? Just tell them they're they just going to be so happy guy. to be outside. Yeah. They're just going to be happy to be out of the house. Yeah, it's good. It's in. Uh, I'm with you, Stephen. You're a man, you're a fan of chaos, like I am. Part of me, I'd be lying if if I didn't say that. Part of me kind of wants to see that just so I can read my Twitter timeline. Oh, it'd be fun. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> it would be some entertaining Twitter content just scrolling scrolling through. Um, now the trade trade up scenarios. This is interesting to me because. As we've seen, even in prior <laughs> regimes, even during the Sashi regime, uh, and Andrew Barry was a part of that regime too. Um, this isn't your typical front office that gives up assets to move up in drafts. It's, it's just not. Um, I think we all know that. I think a lot of Browns fans know that. However, the Browns and this organization and this regime have never been in this situation that they're in right now. So, I keep going back to what Andrew Barry has said since day one. He will be aggressive in building the roster. So in a trade-up scenario, I'm, I mean, I'm talking, I'm not talking about moving up to eight for, for God's sakes. I'm talking somewhere between maybe 15 and 22 is, is kind of the range that I have bookmarked. If they are doing that, if, if that does come to fruition, that's got to be for a corner, right, guys? 
I'm going to say I'm just going to amend your 22 to 21 just due to the fact that Tennessee currently holds 22. Tennessee and the Browns have some similar needs. They both would like another cornerback. Uh, They both probably would like to maybe get their hands on Rashad Bateman if other options aren't there. So just, you know, maybe push it up to 21 because I think you are, you know, look, I mean, the the Jets, you know, Pittsburgh. The Colts are at 21, right? The Colts are at 21. Yeah. 21. Yeah. The Colts are most likely probably looking to get one more offensive lineman into the fold or maybe a pass rusher. So then if you're looking to move up, that is probably the sweet spot because I think whether it's a Newsom, if Farley falls like we expect him to fall, sure. or whether it's a Rashad Bateman, I think you're now in competition with Tennessee for coveting the same guy. Right. Um, does Tennessee even you know try to get into bed with Indianapolis, even though they're within the same division? Um, and some people make too much of that. Uh, you know, look, if it benefits your franchise, you know, and you think it, you're going to be better from the deal, I don't think anybody's going to shy away from a deal, you know, like that. But 21 is that sweet spot, but it's going it, to, this is always, of course, if players start getting closer into range, say it's a quitty pay, say, say it's an Aziz Ojolari, sure. you know, the Browns would like probably either one of those guys, you're talking, you know, top one or top two edge in this class. Um, but yeah, to move up, I think it would be 21 because look, the Jets need a lot of bodies. Pittsburgh's probably going offensive line and you're certainly, I, they're not going to call Pittsburgh. Yeah. There's no way in the world. But there's, I mean, to my point either, but they're not going to call Pittsburgh. It's not yeah. going to happen. Jacksonville, you know, I don't think even they know what they're going to do. And of course, nobody knows obviously with urban Meyer going on down there, but to move up, it would be, you know, and look, it's, it's going to cost you probably 89 or 91. Um, and maybe a little change on the dollar, of course. But if you can get that guy, whether it's a Farley, whether it's a Newsom, whether it's a Bateman, and you can get to 21 and you really feel that it, it's the difference between beating Kansas City last year or losing to Kansas City last year, you got to do it. Yeah. Go ahead, I would agree with you on, on many counts. And I would, I would, uh, I, I would say the, these two things are why I'm not ruling out a trade-up. One, you brought up, Andy. They're yeah. in a position where – you know, I mean, we're, we can all debate whether or not it's one, two or three guys, but they're close. If they yeah. think they can get one guy who could put them over the top, then he's going to be aggressive within his structure. He's not yes. going to overpay. No, he's not going to give away the farm. Of course, but not. he will be aggressive within his structure. The other thing is, as we've said a couple of times and people have been saying for months, it's such a bizarre informational year. The difference in media boards to the team boards is going to be much wilder this year. So I right. think we're going to see a lot of guys. Plus the difference between each team board might be, you know, they, they have a guy ranked, let's say it's, let's say it's JC Horn. That's the name everybody talks about. Let's say sure. the Browns have him fifth overall on their board, a real game changer, like yeah. a franchise changing look. If other teams for whatever reason, find out something, don't like him. He starts to get into that 14, 15 with the Patriots type thing. I think that's when the phones in, in Berea will start to light up. Now, it's obviously it's going to take more to get to 15, but the other thing we're not uh, throwing into this is players included in the deal, not just picks on both sides. Sure. So I think 15, I mean, you, you can make an argument for 12 because the, um, the Eagles are in uh, uh, the early parts of a rebuild mode. So a move down for that type of team is always on the table. Um, Plus, Andrew has contacts within that building. Of course. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing, too. So, I mean, you could. But I think if you're if you're thinking reasonable, I think you're right. I think 15 is where it starts. 
And then if your guy, whoever that happens to be, reaches, I, I'm going to say Washington football team at 19. Yeah. I mean, you could you could make a case for the Bears. 21, I think you're right, Jeff, is the absolute floor because the, the rest of those teams aren't going to move with us uh, after that. Um, but if somebody they just love, whoever, and regardless of position, gets to, to WFT at 19, I really think there's a good chance they'll try to pull the trigger. Now, will Dan Snyder answer the phone and, and agree on the other end? <laughs> Who knows? God that alone knows. God <laughs> yeah. alone knows. But I think that's where it gets really, really serious. Um, Be copping a feel on a secretary. Yeah, probably, most likely. Most likely. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it, it's a fast. I just tell you guys, this draft season has been interesting just for the fact that I'm not used to being in this position as a, as a Browns fan. <laughs> it, 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 it's fucking welcome wild. to the chaos. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. fucking wild. Um, these are good problems to have. These are good problems. And, and you know, I, and I, I truly believe if there was ever going to be a year where Andrew Barry trades up, this is it. Um, it just, it, a lot of it makes sense to me. It, it just, I don't know. It, it all, it, I would, what would, I would just, I wish, I wish these GMs after the draft would, would, screenshot their board so i can look at them why, why? <laughs> no, no i'll be i'll give you one better you want yeah. you want to make some serious money as an nfl franchise throw some cameras in there yeah and give and give oh, yeah. five weeks one hour five yep. episodes one hour per week and take through every you process and who cares if we saw the board five weeks after the draft was over right. nobody cares could you but, i mean could you, you imagine money I'd pay good money. Absolutely. Could Absolutely. you? Absolutely. What's this hypothetically? The Browns, uh, New England's at 15, right? Yeah, they're at right. 15. Let's say they did make a trade with the Browns, right? Up to 15. Wouldn't you, wouldn't it be amazing to hear that phone call conversation? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd give almost anything. <laughs> right. Literally almost anything. <laughs> It'd be absolutely incredible. And back to Andrew Barry here. He's, he, he had his, he had his press conference the other day. And um, he mentioned that he had 114 players uh, on on his board, um, which I guess is pretty normal uh, th- that size because that's only three and a half rounds worth of players. Um, what, based off one year of body of work of 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 his draft, what are some of the traits that these players on this? these 114 players on this board, what are some traits that they're going to have a lot in common? Jeff, I'll start with you. Uh, well, it's going to be athleticism. It's going to be production. It's going to be age. And we're going to see this year might be a little bit different just due to the way this class is. And the fact that it's a lot smaller, um, maybe guys on day three have some appeal to them that don't necessarily meet the age criteria just due to the fact that it is a smaller group um, and you, you know, you have to adapt to your circumstances. Sure. Uh, you know, how do they handle? And you know, this is when we were talking about the fact that we would love to hear this, where do these players who didn't play in 2020 stand? Steve and I have talked about this numerous times. <laughs> it's a big, how question. big, how big of a gray area is that for this analytical front? And I, I hate that we always do this as analytical front because obviously all of these guys played, but you know, how do you view that? And look, you understand and whatever the reason, look, you opted out, you know, you didn't want to get COVID and, you know, obviously so many places, you know, it broke out within schools and universities. Sure. But it's, it's not just the opted out because of COVID. It's the fact again, that you haven't played a football game in 20 right. months. And, you know, it's really hard to get a grip. And, you know, I go back to Gregory Rousseau 
a player that I was extremely high on. I think the Browns still are high on, but you expected, okay, well, you know, he's going to have a fantastic pro day. He's been training for this for essentially for six months because he didn't play. The athletic testing was, you know, meh, average at best. Still a guy you'd like to get your hands on, maybe work with. But now here's a player you thought was ultra athletic. He's just really an average athlete. And he's got one year of experience in college football. That's it. So, I mean, you know, to say you're going to put 26 on that or even a yeah. first round pick on that, that gives kind of like a riverboat gambler type of feel to it. Sure. And Steven, I, I know uh, when with what you do with doing Brown's daily mock draft for the OBR, this and, and Jeff mentioned it, the age thing. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like uh, I feel like a good portion of Browns fans aren't familiar with with what we're even talking about. So if you want to kind of elaborate on like how key this the age of these players goes into the data that you, when you do what you do. Well, it's we're still we've only got one year sample size with Andrew Barry True. being at the helm. Now right. we have you know half a dozen years of him being in rooms that are run similarly but obviously you know like uh, much like when Kevin Stefanski came and they said oh he's going to run the same off he's going to run Kubiak's offense he's going to run the he ran he's got elements of other stuff but he put his own spin on it and I believe we're seeing Andrew Barry do the exact same thing sure we know the the base but he's going to get his personality on it and the people in that building are going to have input and everything like that. But all that being said, what we know is if they can, if they have two guys graded similarly and one of them is not yet 21 and the other one is 22 and a half. I mean, I could be wrong. There's no hard and fast rule, but I would put my chips on the younger guy sure. every single time. And the, um, the line of delineation appears to be 23 during the season. Um, if you, the only thing we know for sure, the oldest player they took last year was Jordan Elliott. He turned to 23 in October of last season. Okay. So from that, we can say, okay, if you turn 23 in October or later, we think you're okay. If you turn 23 in the first 10 weeks of the season, probably okay, but we don't know for sure. My guess is if you're already 23 before the draft starts, or you turn 23 within a week or two after the draft or something like that. My guess is you're you're off the board unless, like Jeff said, you get into day three and, you know, the guardrails are loosened. Maybe all 114 guys, draftable guys on their board are gone by the time sure. they get to pick 211. They, they can't find a trade out. They can't, you know, and then, I mean, we yeah. got to pick somebody. So, Absolutely. you know, <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe then that's what happens. But general in a general sense. Uh, for fans out there, if you can find it, and there are places out there where you can get the ages of all of these guys, if you like a guy, that's the first thing I go look at. You know, if I see a guy play a little bit and I, I go, or I see, you know, even just something as simple as a highlight tape or a clip on Twitter, and I go, oh, I want to find out more about that guy. Sure. Very first thing I do is look up his age because if he's 23 and a half, I'm not going to waste any more of my time looking on him because the odds of him being on their radar to me appear to be very slow or small. And the further you go up the board, you know, if you're talking day one draft capital, I I'll be extremely surprised if they take anybody even close to that guardrail. Gotcha. Yeah. And one more thing just yeah. to elaborate. On fire, that, I mean, fire, Steve, Jeff. Steve and I have literally been, you know, searching through Twitter with the prospects at and trying to find yes! happy birthday to try That's and figure crazy. out exactly how old they how are. How old we these have, sons of bitches problems, are, man. We have yes. problems. <laughs> and no, but the good, no, but I mean, the, the good bet is, is you can, you'll always get added for your 21st birthday. So that's usually the one you're right. looking for when you're running a player's at. 
sure. But there's the other thing of it. But look, if a player's you know 20 years old until October, or a player is already 22 years old and going to turn 23 in October, when you talk about things and deficiencies in their game, oh well, we wish he was a little bit bigger. Well, guess what? If he's about to be 23 years old, that's it. He's done. Um, right. You know, it, can we get some of the baby fat off of him? Is there a way that we can maybe you know round out the body a little bit so we can get a little bit more athletic? When you're talking to a guy who's 20, sure, you can maybe take that roll of the dice. But if you've got deficiencies and you're closer to 23 as opposed to somebody that you know hasn't seen you know 21, whether it's the summer before camp starts or whatever, it, it gives a gap of where you think you know you can maybe project a little bit more. Okay. With a player who's 23, you need to say to yourself, look, I don't think he's going to be any better than what we saw. Can we work with this? Is this what we want? And that's where and why this is a big thing. And it's a big step between, you know, almost 21 and almost 23. I mean, we've all been there. Um, It's a huge, huge gap. And sometimes, and especially in the situation that they're in, where this player may not be counted on right away, and you say we have some work to do, it gives yourself the time to do said work to hopefully put that player in the best position to succeed when you are going to call his name. Absolutely. And then another thing to consider too, and this is uh, sort of what I call thinking in chords, is that you gotta. This is a front office that does not plan for tomorrow. They plan for next year, three years, five years. Absolutely. And so when you're thinking about, especially the this, this is more for day one, day two guys. When you're thinking about second contracts, you draft a guy. I mean, look at David Njoku. He's been in the mm-hmm. league four years. He's not know. 25 years old. It's crazy, so you're right? given second contracts. If you draft 20, 21-year-olds, you're given second contracts to a 24, 25-year-old. Absolutely. A guy like that, you might, if he's a superstar, you want to give him that $200 million five-year contract because he's going to finish it before he's 30. You look at a guy from this past free agency, William Jackson, uh, the corner from um, – Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati. He was 23 when they drafted him. Nothing wrong with the way he's played. He's a good, solid free agent. But this contract that he's going to sign, people were saying, oh, go give him the best contract. Well, he's almost 30. And 30. this is a second yeah. contract. Do you want to give that kind of a bag to a guy at that age? Maybe you do in some cases, but the odds say you, you should put more of those kind of second contracts into 24, 25, 26 year olds. So that's something else to think about. Okay. I hate hypotheticals, but I'm going to ask a hypothetical question anyway. Uh, both of your guts right now, which is more likely? Trade up, trade down, stay put. Steven? Just your gut. I, I still think not by as much as I thought a month ago, but I still think the leader in the clubhouse is trade down. Okay. Jeff? I'm going to go with 26. Part of this is to be a little bit different. Sure. But when we're talking wide receivers, when we're talking edge, when we're talking cornerbacks, they're not pinned to a certain position here. They're pinned to three positions there. And look, their board, you know, they may have five, six wide receivers, you know, higher than most think. They may, their corner range may go five, six, seven deep. Afitu Malafanwu falls into maybe what they're looking for. And here's a player ranked in the 30s. So if they're okay with it, then what's the big difference if you say 26, you know what, let's right. just get it done. Sure. We'll go to bed. We'll come attack tomorrow. You know, we know we got what we were looking for, right. which is the biggest you know thing here. I think in edges, it's just kind of all over the place. You know, if you talk to anybody, their top five to seven edges, probably, you know, you could ask seven guys and maybe get seven different responses. So, you know, they could view somebody, you know, they may have one edge at, you know, 29, whereas another team may have them at 43. Sure. And so it, it may open the door. I think 
I do think, and it's just because, you know, maybe, you know, and Steve and I love to do this and we know how much that they look to tomorrow and the next year and making sure that they always have cap room. They always have, you know, draft capital. So yeah. sure, trade back makes a ton of sense, yep. but I think there, there'll be, there'll be something that's going to satisfy the masses within that front office that should be there at 26. Yeah. I would agree. The options are there. I mean, from doing, from just plugging away with a, mock draft on the draft network every day i do a couple every day just for fun and one thing i've i've seen and, and obviously those things aren't 100 foolproof they're gonna have some fucking options man they're gonna have some options <laughs> they're, they're gonna have some options and i i'm just i'm just i gosh i'm with you guys let's get here already get here i can't Steven, I know you're doing fine. It hasn't you haven't you haven't been tiresome at all. So you're you're good. At least I'm totally oh, I have strange. some text, I have some text messages I can show you. Well, Jeff is one of about three people on the planet that I know understands. We get it. We can tell yeah. we play we play without preamble, and I know exactly what he's talking about, <laughs> and he knows exactly what I'm talking about. And, you know, oh shit. I'll get I'll get we'll a text from Jeff sometimes. That all it says is F that guy. And I don't even have to look. I know which guy he's talking about and why he said it. I know exactly. Or we send each other a Twitter response and oh, this should be fun. Yeah. 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 This should be a lot of fun. And speaking of a lot of fun, <coughs> let's do a let's do a live mock draft on the draft network right now. Oh, good. Yeah, and Steven's your favorite. I know you'd be excited. What's it been? This. Four minutes? All I right, know. And great. Steven, you gotta yeah. admit, one of your favorite things from, from doing what you do is myself included and many others on a daily basis sending you our our screenshots of our mock draft and you actually can... i like it <laughs> all right yep. okay good i do i do because you know i mean we're all we're all allowed to have our own opinions you know and, I, and I i try to go to great lengths to 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 not act like i'm some genius i don't sure. i don't i'm just a guy you know i'm just a guy i try to throw i try to throw likes on him i i, I do my best and then i'll admit I, I i don't read nearly nearly probably like you know maybe a third of them but i i do try to at least i acknowledge it i i appreciate that you sent it and you know if you're dealing with our stupidity the least we can do is deal with right. stupidity right back. There you go. I always try to find. I always try to find something positive, even if I hate like almost all. I'll I'll, I'll find like one guy in the third day three, and I'll yeah. go, boy, that's really good value. You yeah, know? yeah. I just try to be positive. Yeah. you know. I yeah, usually when I positivity, send, usually when I, I send you send you screenshots of mine, that's what you say. Yeah. Oh, that 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 guy in day three, that's good value. Take the <laughs> hint, Andy. I know. Yes. You, think, you, you think I would have learned by now? <laughs> All right. The, the ones I love, though, though, is if we spend so much talking, time talking about, I don't know how the Browns could possibly make nine picks in this draft. And then I get, Jeff, I made the perfect mock draft. Well, what the hell are we going to do with 16 players? Right. Yeah. I mean, what what, seven, guys, what yeah. seven guys are you cutting? Because well, I, I'm not sure how this is going to work. And I don't know where you guys come out. They have nine draft picks right now. I just don't. I, Maybe I'm just ignorant, but I just don't believe for a second they're going to draft nine players, guys. I don't believe it for a second. I, I do, too, but it's for – and Jake said this a few weeks ago. He articulated it better than I did. Um, sure. But this is what I have thought. I don't think it's because they can't they couldn't fit nine rookies. There's a lot more people on the bottom of this roster whose grasp on their roster spot is tenuous than a lot sure. of fans want to admit. If they wanted to, to – if they made nine solid picks, they could find a spot for them. True. I think they're not going to make nine picks because, as we've been talking about – they're going to be moving up or down or out. I think that's the thing we haven't talked about. They are going to try 
in every deal probably to get some kind, even if it's a sixth round pick next year, they're going to yes. get some kind of future asset and move things into next year. But well, so I think that's more why they're not going to make nine picks. I, I've seen no, it. And I agree with you. I mean, and look right now there's three safeties. There's other safeties on the roster, but mm, there's three. You, right? Those could easily. So thank there can you, be some space made right now. There's three corner. I'm sorry, there's three corners who are locks on this roster. Usually carry six. So there's, I mean, we just created five spots for five right there. Yeah. And obviously there's rooms at other positions. Yeah. It's good. It's going to be interesting. I, 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 this, I, I, yeah, no, I, I think what we've seen them do before, here's a typical Andrew Berry move, move out of 91 down, uh, down to 30 picks down and pick up a future fifth or something or if it, you know like mm-hmm. i mean that, that those are the kind he does that a lot where you move out of a one round and you pick up a a, a round higher pick yes. for the following season that seems that's that's been the the rule for a long time if you move yeah. out you move up yeah exa- yep. exactly exactly well let's get this uh appreciate you guys joining <laughs> me for this let's get this bad boy rolling shall we uh let's see all right i got it pulled up can you guys see Holy mackerel, I can, and I don't have to lean. Jeff, we don't have to do this. How about that? Yeah. So why, Speak why, for yourself. I, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff's not on the computer. Yo, I always Jeff, noticed, just open it up. We're good. Yeah, so uh, I noticed that, Stephen, uh, when you're always what – what do they have it on, like, on a small monitor or something? Or is it well, – uh, For well, – Oh, when, when, well, when I'm watching you on, like, the OBR drafts that you guys oh, been doing. Yeah. Yeah, because I always Jake, see you like leaning in to look. Yeah, it's um, uh, well, I try to keep other things open so I can sure. refer to notes and I, things like I that. So it's you. only about half of my. Plus, I'm old. For God's sake, I can't yeah, see. That's true. You know? That's true. You're not. You're not that old. Yeah. Well, yeah, you'll be. You, oh, Andy, you'll be here soon. Oh yes. yeah. This is this. Is we'll last take year. you out for your. First, we'll my knees would disagree with you. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is last year in my thirties, boys. Uh, I Last, saw September's coming, right? Yeah, Eddie? it's coming. September. Actually, you and, Pete, you and Pete Smith this year. Yeah. So I hope you all stop with the jokes. I hope you're all, you got all those jokes in now, boys, because it's over. <laughs> you it's you all... and Pete and me and Jeff will get together and we'll watch Matlock, you know. Perfect. At, Perfect. At three in the afternoon, of course, right before dinner. Absolutely. And, yeah. uh, and then after dinner, we'll watch Murder, She Wrote. Perfect. Well, yep. I'll fall asleep. Have a, nice, have a nice Advil and a cold one. It'll be great time. Soon. Absolutely. And we'll cap it off with gold. Highball. We'll get wild and cap it off with gold girls. All right. So we're doing this on the draft network. Um, I do have the premium account boys. So trades are in play here. Uh, we can make trades. I'm, I'm going to, I kind of just want to do, honestly, I want you to kind of work collectively. Um, I'll, I'll put in my input here and there, but honestly, I want to see what you got mostly what you two come up with as we go. Um, if you want me to stop at a certain spot, deposit, let me know. I will. I think once once we get to 15 New England, I'll probably pause it, see what's on the board, see if there's anything that interest to trade up, and then we'll just kind of go from there, guys, and just let it roll. I got it on normal speed because the slow speed's just way too slow. Mm. Yes, yes, it is. All right. All right, we're going to fire this up, guys. And, guys, I'll do my best, those listeners – I'll do my best to give you a play-by-play of this. All right, let's what's, what's fire this bad boy up. I know Steven's fucking excited. He can't wait. Mm. All right. I, don't, I want to see what it looks like. Lawrence, Wilson, Fields go top three. Pitts at four. Jamar Chase, Waddle, Devonta Smith, Sertain, Sewell, Jalen Phillips. J.C. Horn goes to 12. Mm-hmm. 
All right. So I paused at 15. Um, this is kind of where I was talking, where I think if they're going to trade up, I think it kind of starts with this pick. But are you guys wanting to let it roll? You want to see what's out there? Yeah, I uh, I think, and this is just personal opinion, reading the tea leaves, there, there are a lot of guys here that, that they like. Yes. I think the two guys, in my opinion, that they would make a 10-spot move up for are gone. Uh, in Horn and Sertan, I, okay. I think I think they like Farley. Um, I, I have no idea what they think of his medicals. Although apparently uh, the general consensus uh, around the league is that his medicals are more positive than um, Phillips. Sure, um, but there's no way to know. But I don't know that they would move up this far uh, for him. Uh, Jok. Uh, Quiddy Pay, uh, yep. Zizo Jalari, Trion is there, Bateman's still there, Newsom's still there. I think yep. there's just enough. The math is starting to work in their favor, favor. especially if Mac Jones falls this far. Yeah, that Mac Jones is still on the board. He sure is. Um, and he's been connected to the Patriots, obviously. Um, but even if the Patriots weren't to get him, if he gets to this range or a little bit lower, you got to think somebody who maybe didn't. Washington. Take, yeah. Washington. Uh, Yep. Washington will take him or maybe somebody from the late twenties, early thirties who didn't take a quarterback early sure. might make a move up for that sort of thing. I don't know. Uh, but I don't see anybody I would want to go. Cause you're going to have to go up this far. The price is going to be much Absolutely. higher than 1920. So I don't know what you think, Jeff, but I think we let it roll here. I'm totally, I mean, from what I'm seeing here, we have, you know, what 15 to almost, you know, 25 or 26. Obviously some of these guys, you know, we're not going to touch. We're not going to look to look at Najee right. Harris, but somebody probably will here. Yeah. Um, and then you take Mac Jones out of the equation, um, a certain linebacker here that I certainly would not touch with a 10 foot pole, even if I had zero <laughs> linebackers on my roster. Um, and then another, another linebacker who decided to, you know, beef up to get to 270, which I don't understand either. Um, let somebody else, but I mean, as far as, you know, I, I see two edges here that I would have zero issue with. Um, Newsom, obviously, who we know they have some rumored interest uh, into as well, still available. So I, I see no reason to have to pull a trigger just yet. All right, let's let it roll. I'm with yeah, you. I see at, at least four guys on there that word has leaked out they've met multiple times with. So who, yes. who, who are those four? If, who are those four? Um, it, it's um, Newsom, Farley, mm-hmm. uh, Pay, and Ojolari. Okay. And I know they've had, you know, we know that they've also had, you know, some time with Zayvon Collins as well. So maybe not a guy we would draft, right. but certainly a guy and they have with. Yeah. Yep. And yep. they've Trion, we know they've met with, um, with JOK and everything. I'm just saying those are the only guys that I've, well, as much as we can know anything sure. I, from sources that I really, really trust have said more than once with okay. these yes. four guys. There may be others, but that's all I can speak to right now. All right. Let's let this roll. All right. New England is on the clock. They took Mac, Mac Jones, Micah Parson to the Cardinals, Barmore to the Raiders at 17, Farley off the board. Oh, I didn't pause it in time, but that's okay. Wow. Our our boy's still on the board. I didn't yeah, pause. See, here's where we are. We're past the point yeah, that course. we talked about earlier. Yes, I didn't pause it in time. Uh, which is fine. It's yeah. fine because if the board falls like this and we are – anywhere close to reading what they like correctly. Sure. There's four picks between here and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, if you include Merrig, and I would include eight, actually eight guys, if you include Elijah Moore, that yes. they might have uh, valued at 26. So if those sure. are the odds, you know, at least four of those guys, at least four of those guys are still going to be there. So I would sit tight at this point. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so 
Tennessee is on the clock at 22. Uh, Mac Jones went 15 to the Patriots. Micah Parsons, linebacker out of Penn State, went 16 in the Cardinals. Christian Barmore to the Raiders at 17. Zavin Collins to the Dolphins at 18. Caleb Farley, 19 to the Washington football team. And Trevor Jenkins, offensive tackle out of Oak State, went to the Bears. And then Alex Leatherwood, offensive tackle from Alabama, went to the Man, I will say this. If the Cardinals can figure out what to do, uh, with Parsons and Isaiah Simmons together, right? If they can wow. somehow figure them both out and get them to both of their peak, that that, that could be a hell of a second level out there if that works it's out. Four hundred and eighty-five pounds of guys that can run four-four. <laughs> I mean, <Hard> <laughs> yeah. All right, boys, let's let's roll it. Tennessee at twenty-two is on the clock. Rashad Bateman, Quiddy Pay. Oh, we got a trade in here. Uh, let's see. There have been rumors coming out of Dallasville that uh, yes. they are going to be very aggressive is the term I keep uh, uh, hearing from 44. That that trade is garbage. But, that is um, absolutely garbage. That's just <laughs> far too way to drop. The, the Cowboys are offering us pick 75 in the third round, pick 99 in the third round, and their 2022 second round pick for 26. Uh, nah, bro. No, definitely not. Okay. Well, I will say I do a wow. mock, I do a I do a mock draft every day on here. I can't tell you the last time that Greg Newsom was available at twenty six when I did a mock draft on here. Cannot. This say. is this is a great board. I mean, this is a beautiful board. It is. I mean these are these are the kinds of incredibly difficult decisions that you want to have. These are good team problems because right. the top six players on the board, I would take five of them in a heartbeat and I would literally go light up a cigar and enjoy every yeah. single All minute right. of it. I'll let you two kind of just talk it out here. Who you like, who, who are we targeting here? I mean, I know the guys too, but you guys talk about it, discuss amongst yourself. Cause there, this is a, if the board actually fell this way, this, this is, is tremendous. Fucking incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it would certainly take trading out of 26 off the board in a heartbeat off the board. Exactly. Yeah. Unless, well, unless somebody like the saints, yep. well, yeah, if you can, yeah, drop two back or three, twice. if they come back with some, you know, wild trade or something like that, that because, you know, let's, I mean, let's just say the saints at 28, they have a, a Ojolari as their number one edge and he's the eighth ranked player on the board there. If that's the case, they're going to be willing to give up a zillion dollars worth of draft capital to move up two spots and get them. Because if we don't take them, I would be stunned if the Ravens don't take them right behind us. But yeah, you're right. I, I mean, put those six names in a hat and, yeah. and, just, and I'm okay with any of them. I just really, to shout out some of the players available for the listeners. We got JOK out of Notre Dame on the board. Ajulari out of edge out of Georgia. Uh, Joe Tryon, which I uh, from Washington, another edge guy, which I know, Stephen, you tweeted something earlier today. You wouldn't be surprised if he is in play at 26. Uh, Greg Newsom, the second cornerback out of Northwestern. I think we all agree that outside corner is probably the Browns' biggest need right now. Mm. Um, I know I like that kid, everything I've heard and read. Uh, you got Elijah Moore, wide receiver out of Ole Miss, hell of a player. I mean, th- th- there is Jason Owa. I mean, th- there is a lot of good players on the board right now. Yeah, I, 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 I can't believe it's falling this way. This never falls like this on Draft Network, ever. I ever. think, and this is just, you know, again, this is just my gut feeling from uh, things that I've heard from people that I trust. I think Newsom and Ojolari are their two realistic hopes, whatever realistic means this year. Sure. Um, and, and with them both being on the board, holy mackerel. 
I'm probably going to lean corner just because it's so much more of a need. And if you've got these guys graded that closely, need does play into the BPA Absolutely. factor. And I also think the, the next tier of edges is stronger than the next tier of corners, corners if that yeah. makes yes. sense. Absolutely. Uh, like if you go corner here, you can, you're still probably going to be able to get a pretty good edge at 59 or with a small move up. Whereas if you go edge here, you might get locked out of the next tier of corners in, in rather rapid fashion. Well, and for me, there's also this year, though. Um, you know, we all agree that whatever edge at best, if you draft here, if this goes perfectly, he's going to be your fourth edge. We corner, we're mm -hmm. talking he's, if everything goes well, he's, you know, obviously not counting nickel, he's going to be your third. But, you know, and we all want to talk about Greedy's health, and it's certainly not a knock on Denzel, but he's never played a 16-game season. Absolutely. He gets dinged up too. So it may be a scenario where you're going to need three corners to be your starting duo, which certainly puts the emphasis a little bit more on the cornerback position here. The fact that you met with him, the fact that he is, you know, and for me, one of the reasons I talk about these top four, a lot of it has to do with size. And what I keep going back to is Chase Claypool. You have to face him twice a year. Mm -hmm. He is not built like your run-of-the-mill wide receiver. You no. were hoping for a bigger cornerback for that. This lines up perfectly, and it's not that Ojolari isn't a fantastic player. It's not that JOK would not be fun. Uh, Treon is an interesting guy. But, again, this could be a guy they like, but we don't know where the 2020 right. not playing lays in for him. So he may not be ranked as high for them, even though they do have interest. For me, of the six, and look, I mean, you could take, you know, probably even if you wanted to throw in Jamin Davis and we're never, we're not sure. going that linebacker yeah. route. No, good But for player. me, this is, yeah. yeah, this is very easily for me to just say, you know what? I'm going to, you know, alleviate the cornerback headache here, and we're just going to draft Greg Newsom. Yeah, I mean, they need at least two more. I mean, Absolutely. look at look at the roster right now. Who oh, can I you know. Count on? I know. Truly count on in coverage. I mean, there's some guys on the back end in the cornerback room who are tremendous special teamers, and they play their asses off. And I appreciate Absolutely. every single thing they do. But there's a reason they're special teamers and not your starting, you know, lockdown bookend corners. Right now, we have Denzel, we have Troy Hill. And that's it. Yeah. That, and the, the, and the other thing. On. Yep. And the other thing we don't mention with Greedy Williams is, is Greedy Williams has never taken a snap for this regime. So we have no idea what right. they feel of him. I mean, they yeah. have never even seen him play. So they could either truly like him or they could really be thinking in the back of their minds, we may have to replace him. The, so you have injury plus the fact that he's never physically taken a snap for this coaching staff in this front office. Right. And Newsom does have, speaking of injuries, he's, he's been dinged up. He's, yes. serious, he has, he has, but he has, he checks every other box. He's yep. young. He's mm -hmm. athletic. His production when he did play was off sure. the charts. Yeah. I mean, he had allowed, I think I saw something the other day on third and fourth down in coverage snaps. He allowed a 0.0 passer rating. Lutowski. I, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. You look at some of his advanced stats and it's unbelievable. So if they're okay, with the uh, the dings and nicks, uh, absolutely. Had. I, I, I'm with you, Jeff. I think it's uh, there's a lot of guys that yes, they're worthy of the pick. We're not saying these other guys aren't worthy no, of the pick. No, absolutely not. I think it's actually kind of an easy decision. I'm yes, I'm co I'm completely with you guys on this. Let's go, Greg Newsom, the second cornerback out of Northwestern. I like it. Two Northwestern Wildcats going in round one. Wow. No, I th never thought I'd see the day. Mm. Oh, Elijah Moore to Green Bay at 29. Kadarius Tony to Buffalo. Oh wow. Try, try and over Aaron to Tampa. That. Wow. Rondell did you Moore. have um 
Did was this updated for Baltimore having Kansas City's pick? Because I'm curious what Kansas City did at 27 and 31. You know, I mean, I'm sorry, Baltimore. Yes, they did. They got oh gosh, Terrace Marshall Jr. And give you a little. uh, What's the other one? Who'd they get at 27? There you go. Oh, little wow. Aziz. They got it. Baltimore. Well, yeah. yeah, I knew well, it. I'd be shocked if if we passed. If they didn't take him, I'd be shocked. Yeah. That's yep. That's a maddening first round. <laughs> yeah, that is. Aziz <laughs> goes to Baltimore, the edge out of Georgia. Yes. Wow. Elijah Moore to Green Bay. Um, yeah, Tampa Bay got better with their pick, it seems. Chris Marshall. Good boy. Aaron Rodgers is going to love Elijah Moore. Holy crap. Yeah, you ain't lying. <laughs> He'd be that Randall Cobb, annoying, over-the-middle mm-hmm. guy. Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Well, so, we, so, so the listeners know, I just paused it at 42. The Browns are up in 17 picks at 59. Uh, New York's on the clock. Uh, there's still some good players out there, some good edge guys. Um, if you guys... I have to tell you, man, I've I've been doing a lot of these, and Peyton Turner has not been making it to 59 in a lot mm-hmm. of these. So um, I'm going to let it roll for a little bit, but I'm going to keep pausing it maybe every three or four picks just to kind of see. Yeah, I think we're getting into that range. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So let me, uh, let me go to this. Let me let it roll. Stokes, Kelvin Joseph. Oh, okay. This could be another good spot because – and again, this is the thinking in chords thing. The Gilmore stuff simply will not go away. Yes. Um, and so now you're talking about maybe, and like I said before, maybe not just a straight swap of picks. And obviously we can't do that on this simulator. But right. You're talking about 59 for 47 um, and Gilmore. And then we throw in, you know, I don't know, maybe it's Najoku, maybe whoever, I don't yeah. know it happens. So to New me. England's on the clock at 46 right. and guys there, those rumblings with Gilmore being traded hasn't, they won't go away. Mm-hmm. It's it, it, it just, it's it, the rumblings are still there and, and the rumblings are still there. that Andrew Barry is going to make another big move. Right. Uh, you know, so I, yeah. Um, is this a spot where you guys would uh, want to go get your edge rusher here? I wouldn't hate it. And I would actually be surprised if they weren't at least on the phone with hoodie. Now, whether something comes of it or not, I don't know, because you got some teams coming up that, I mean, who doesn't need edges, but you know, I mean, sure. you got some teams coming up that have been discussed as possibly <laughs> picking edges. So, well, who are some edges that, uh, that are on the board that we'd be targeting here? Uh, can you um, go over and do just edges? Yep. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I you know, Peyton Turner's here, obviously. Um, Russo, who, I mean, you have to put some stock into the fact that Peter Schrager connected him to the Browns in his most mm-hmm. recent mock. We'll see when his you know next mock comes out here. Joseph, uh, Joseph, Osai. Joseph Osai is, I mean, for he's not somebody that should go at 59. I would say probably maybe talking 45 and up. Um, there's a lot more for him to still learn, which he could do. And he has his position. And I know, you know, Steve has said this cause he's said it on my show a number of times is he can just do more than get after the passer. He can actually drop. He has the right. experience. He's done that at Texas. He becomes very, very appealing in this range as well. Uh, you know, Ellerson Smith, it's a little early for here, but that's a guy I would love to get your hands on. This is probably more of a round three pick. And you just kind of say, Hey guys, mm-hmm. yeah. I got you. I got you something beautiful, but you got a lot of work to do to make it beautiful. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, for right now, I, I don't see a reason why edge in 59 probably shouldn't line up here. Basham is a name that a lot of people put in the first round, but again, he's one where the age parameter is right. a factor. So that that's an interesting one as well. 
Yeah, there's the only two guys on here right now on that list that I think would be your first edge drafted um, are uh, uh, Turner, Turner <clears throat> excuse me, Turner. Yep, Steve and Turner. O, and Osai. And Osai. Yes. Um, I, I like Perkins more than other people. I understand he doesn't seem to fit uh, very well with this office. I get it, but I, I wouldn't hate that. Uh, I, everything Jeff said about Rousseau at this range rather than day one, I wouldn't hate that either. Janarius Robbins is so interesting. He's a height weight uh, um, testing guy. He's an absolute beast and a monster and his flashes are crazy. This is by far the highest that I've seen him. He, he's anywhere oh, easily. From- 83 to you know 225 on some other boards. I have no idea what to make of him. Uh, and then if you're looking up further down the road, uh, I like Dean Mukeji, but that's a day three thing after sure. you've already grabbed an Osai or a, a, a Turner. My guy right now, if we're moving up this far, my guy would be Turner, but it wouldn't shock me if it was for Osai. Okay. So do you guys want to put in an offer here or do you want to let it roll? Yeah, let's go ahead and, and try something. Okay, let's do it. New England. New 12 England. spots on day two. What are you thinking? Probably 110? Or you think we're going to have to Yeah, I, I was going to try and give him 132, 91s. I think. I was going to try 132, see, so yeah, and then kind of go from there. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because I keep saying it, but anything involving the Patriots is probably going to Oh, be they more. were all over it. Hell, they're taking, uh, they're taking the fifth round right now. <laughs> I think they're gonna. It's gonna revolve around players on both sides, um, more than a big bevy of picks. But obviously, we can't do that here. So, all right. I just, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. So, right now, I'm offering 59 our second round pick and our fifth round pick at 169 for just the 46 pick, and it's they're telling me it's very likely they're gonna accept. Um, is there anything else here you guys would like me to adjust? Well, I mean, look, I mean, if Bill's going to do it, I mean, if Bill's yeah, going to do yeah, it, I mean, I mean <laughs> if Bill wants, who to are we it? to question Bill Belichick? All right, let's, you guys want to do this? I'm down. Sure. Well, this also takes it to a more realistic class. Cause you're also subtracting one pick right. and now you're putting it more of, you know, in, in eight, you know, in an eight selection Absolutely. class. Absolutely. And don't let me forget, Steven, I'm going to, at the end, we got to trade for the Packers 256 because draft network doesn't want to give the Browns their 257 pick. Right. Yeah. All right. I'm going to send this offer over. Come on, Bill. Oh gosh. Yeah. Actually go ahead and do that Packer uh, thing. Now trade, just right, so yeah. we have it in our arsenal yep. in case Let's we want to make another trade. Let's do it. Uh, NFC. I forget who it was, but if, Six, eight years ago, there was an NFL coach said something about we love gathering extra seventh rounders because they're great uh, trade fillers. You know, say, well, you know, we don't like that trade. Well, you know, we'll give you an extra seventh and this year and an extra seventh next year. And then I, they go, oh, OK, I'm just throwing the sixth and seventh from next year just so it'll take it. It won't let yeah. me do pick for pick. OK, send offer. Got it. Yeah, okay, just, that, that just pick. so we have something close. Absolutely. Okay, so we made the move up here. We're, the Browns have made a trade. The Browns are now on the clock at 46 after a trade with the New England Patriots. Um, I have a feeling my guys are going to go edge here. What are you guys thinking, man? Oh, well, yeah, you're not tra- trade. Yeah, you're not trading up here unless it's a wide receiver or it's an edge player. Right. Absolutely. That's the whole point of Osai. There's uh there's some of the wide receivers left. Man, they went fast, didn't they? Mm-hmm. I they do. I, I know uh, Dame Brugler's a 
big fan of Diami Brown. I love Diami. He it's weird. He is very very loved. Um, but he 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 doesn't seem to be as nationally loved maybe as he is through the community, which maybe is interesting. Um, look, if this is the move we've made, yeah, I mean, for me, it probably comes down to Turner and Osei. But I've got to go. For me, I, I just think Osei still has a little bit more to do, um, which I like and which makes him even more appealing to me. Both are solid athletes, so it's really splitting hairs there. But uh, for me, yeah, it's it's going to be the Texas Longhorn. I can go with that. I, I would probably go Turner just because he seems to me to have that inside-outside uh, versatility like they have with Clowney. Uh, he was you know 30 pounds heavier last year because Houston asked him to bulk up, or two years ago, I'm sorry, uh, and play the inside. Uh, he was much more comfortable, I thought, this year on the edge. But he can go inside because he's got experience rushing guard yes. to guard. So when you have, if in this situation you would have Turner, uh, Miles, and uh, Clowney, uh, and Malik Jackson, for that matter, yeah, who can go outside sure. or inside, sure. that gives you so many options. The, the offensive line comes up and goes, okay, who the hell's where on this snap? You know? and, Why are they all standing? When are they going to get into position? When exactly. are we going to snap the ball? Who do I have to block? Exactly. So, but, uh, you know, like Jeff said, I, I'm a huge fan of Joseph Osai too. So I, I could get behind Osai here. All right. Let's flip Let's flip here. Uh, heads, heads Osai, <laughs> tails. Perfectly done the end. This is exactly what happens in Berea. Yeah. Well, Romeo Cornell infamously flipped to who his starting quarterback was going to be a Charlie Fry or who was it? Charlie Fry. And who was it? You can, you can understand why he flipped a coin. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Good. Uh, yeah, it was wasn't it? Was it Trent Dilfer and Charlie Fry? Was that what it was? I can't remember. I don't remember. So, such a long time ago. That infamous, inf- infamously happened. Apparently, all right. So head. Well, wait. What did I say? Heads. Heads. Osai. Tails. Tails. Peyton Turner. It is heads, and that's going to be uh, Osai. Joseph Osai. That works. It is. All right. Young, athletic. Yes. I mean, well, all the guardrails. Yeah, what's your guys' favorite trait tra- about this guy? Real quick, then we can move. Favorite uh, the 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 athleticism and the fact that you're talking about a player who's not finished yet. Got um, it. You know, it, you know, this was basically his first year doing what he did at Texas. Sure. Um, you have film of him playing against, uh, you know, uh, Oklahoma State tackle. He had, you know, everybody wanted to beat him up on that day, but he actually had the game-winning sack in that game. He's just got a motor. He goes all day long. Sure. Uh, yeah, love it. It's yep. And much like uh, Newsom and another guy that I know Jeff and I both love, who we're probably not going to get in uh, Efatu Malafanwu, uh, Osai is noted to be uh, just a, a study, just a film rat. Yep. Uh, I like that. I love those guys. I like those that. Guys. Right yeah. on. So, well, Joseph Osai, edge out of Texas at pick 46. Let's go. All right. All right. I'm just going to kind of let this roll. Asante Samuel went 50th to the Dolphins. Coming back to the all uh, instead of just the edge listings. Oh, yep, absolutely. There you go. Because this is another spot, the 8991 spot. It's once you get into the third round, this is probably still too high, but once you get to the late 60s, early 70s, I think you're talking about another prime potential move up if their guy is there, whoever their guy has. Peyton Turner went 60 to the Saints. That's insane. There goes Ifatu. To the Broncos at 71, Tyson Campbell to the Lions at 72, 
And if Quinn you got miners is another guy to keep an eye on. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm going to let it roll. We're at pick. Oh, we have a trade offer. Uh, Dallas trying again. I know Dallas again. Let's see. They're offering number 75 for 89, 211, and 256. Uh, I, that, seems like not very good to me i would counter and wanna... take uh take one of those off okay uh let's try taking off the six rounds see what happens whoops yeah yeah that works I, I don't think that's i think it's probably yeah i i don't know I don't know that they would do this for a seventh round pick and top 100. Uh, I think you would have to, if you, if you want to do it realistic, I mean, it's going to have to, we're going to have to keep put both of those on there. We might actually have to, in real life, we might actually have to throw 132 on there. 132 on there. At, at, outside of, and, and take those two off. But again, like Jeff said, Hey, if they want to do it, let's do it. All right. So we just acquired that. Well, actually that's our pick anyway. So essentially to move up 14 spots to 75. We're giving away our seventh round pick, which is 257 technically. Um, Yeah, I would say that this is not quite realistic, but if the draft network mock draft machine wants to say, hey, then I guess we're just going to do it. Um, Let's see. You guys want to send this offer? Um. Well, you want to do something a little more realistic? Let's try this. Yeah. Take 256 off, put 132 on, and see if you can get next year's fourth or fifth back. Okay. Nope. Got their fifth. There you so, go. So one seems more like yes. Andrew Berry style. Now, whether Absolutely. the values match up, I don't have my charts in front of me right now, so I don't know if the values match up particularly well, but sure. this seems like sort of the style of framework of a deal that he would more put together okay so as it stands right now we are sending pick 89 in the third round and pick 132 in the fourth round for a future dallas fifth round pick and pick 75 in the third round so we're moving up 14 spots jeff where are you at with all this oh i'm not i'm more than okay I'm all right more than okay all right let's roll with it they're gonna take it and they did. We've done a lot of wheeling and dealing. And I think they will. I think people need to prepare themselves for multiple moves up and down. And boy, look Oof. at all the choices. Oh, man. Oof. Take a peek, boys. Well, let's see. We've got, we've got our corner and we've got our edge. Okay. Can I see the corners? Absolutely. And when I'm with you, we need more corners. There he is. There's you know your I'm looking at Jeff. Paul's. Paulson mm-hmm. Adebo? Paulson Adebo? Mm-hmm. Yep. Of course. And uh, Milton uh, Williams. Milton, Milton Williams, Williams very appealing safeties. here. Yeah, because, you know, with Osai, you know, you, you were talking about wanting somebody that could play more on the interior, which mm-hmm. certainly mm-hmm. you get from Milton Williams. Boy, there's the, yeah, Diablo and, and Nasraldine uh, and Andre Sisko and Hafanga Man. Okay, yeah. With yeah. That, the, with that depth. 91 is going to be nice. Yeah, 91 right. going to be nice. Exactly. <laughs> Mill Williams would, on the board. Um, wide rec- you guys want to look at the wide receivers? Wow, those those flew off the board, didn't they? Yeah, but there's still some day three there's, guys that I know we all like. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, Back to corner. 
I'm going to say it's either Adebo or Milton Williams at this point. I mean, I mean, there's some other guys that I like quite a bit, um, but the impact position, you know, we, we said at the top, they needed multiple reinforcements in the cornerback room. Uh, and we still have 90, still have 91 and 110. So exactly. Yep. And, and uh, Debo is one of those guys who might be getting slept on a little bit because like Jeff keeps saying, he hasn't mm-hmm. played in 18 months or something like that. But unlike some other guys who came back after their long layoff and did not have particularly impressive testing, Adebo blew his pro day away. So, which shows he's been working. So, and he's well within um, the age guardrail too. He's not quite 22. Okay. What are you thinking, Jeff? Uh, for me here, just seeing the way the cornerback board is for me, I, I'm going Milton Williams here. And again, no, this is one thing, you know, we we've preached a lot recently that you want to get on things one year early sure right now mm-hmm. for the defensive tackle room for 2022 you've got jordan elliott andrew billings on one-year deal malik jackson on a one-year deal obviously right. some sort of free agents going to be brought in here absolutely but if your scheme is looking for athletic players that can play outside can play inside and milton williams is just an athletic freak and he does meet uh as far as the he's zero issues as far as what you're looking at at age for me yeah this is an easy selection here to go with milton williams yeah, and it's you know it's it, it's definitely a need interior, not even just depth for the immediate time, but it's also a need. I think I think this pick, Milton Williams, would be looking also not only to add depth for twenty twenty one, but also looking ahead to the future, as we were discussing in the beginning of this podcast. Mm-hmm. So, Stephen, are you kind of um, are you are you good with Milton Williams here? I, I, I mean, how could I not be good with Milton Williams? I'm just, I'm looking at the, <laughs> for me, I mean, it's no secret that I'm, I've been hammering on the cornerback room for months now. And sure. I, there are some guys after Adebo that I like, but I think there's a drop off. Okay. Um, uh, Adebo is the last of this group, at least that I see right here uh, for me, that is top 100, absolutely get him top 100 uh some of the other guys uh st just is outside the age guard rail i like elijah griffin um i don't know if he's got enough tape to go that high i really like Trill williams but he's yeah. more of a day you three li- guy. you have to like elijah griffin just from who his dad is for god's sake let's yeah. go now. come on now <laughs> when your dad's warren g dude you gotta like the player he's super aggressive too and but i, I like also that. like i but i also look at two names here you look at trill williams obviously uh-huh. one of the the top athletes in this cornerback class big big um, corner when, trill trill safety, williams but also, probably going to be a safety yeah but what my first thinking is special teams there's not going to be you know mm-hmm. a huge mm-hmm. role for him right away and then you also look at trey brown out of oklahoma a little bit on the tinier side but he's a tough sob he has he i believe he's maybe the first or second most experienced uh, defensive back in this class as far as special teams play, mm-hmm. which certainly should carry some weight and, you know, something he's going to have to do if all, all goes well at the position right off the bat. So that's something that could be handled somewhere in that 91 to 110 range. Okay. But I agree with you on a Debo, but the question with the Debo is, is if everything goes right, where essentially is he year one? You know, that's just the sure. only mm-hmm. tough spot I have with that. And with putting, you know, I guess this is what selection 75, Yes. You know, to draft a player at 75 to maybe, you know, who would play more in this scenario? In my opinion, Milton Williams would play more than, you know, Paulson Adebo if everything goes right at the cornerback position. Sure. Valid. Absolutely valid. Yeah. 
Hmm, I might have to be the tiebreaker here, guys. I mean, hell, we haven't even talked about Davion Nixon, and I love yes. that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's on the board, too, at 63. Um, or at 75. He's uh, 63 ranked on this board on Draft Network. Um, the other thing we haven't talked about, too, is if, you know, we get another six, eight picks and a Debo still on the board, we can make another move. Yeah. We still have, you know, yeah. some, uh, some picks to move up a little bit. So. I, th- I think that's... Uh, Okay, if, since you put it that way, let's go Milton Williams here. Uh, yeah. uh, interior defense alignment out of Louisiana Tech. Um, hopefully, like you just said, I think we might be able to even make another move. All right. Tommy Tremble over Paulson. I mean, over Paulson and Debo is a tough one for me to swallow. I'm sorry. <laughs> Brevin Jordan, too. Oh, yikes. All right, so we are going to take Milton Williams here at, at 75. <laughs> And like you said, Jeff, Trill Williams is not a, not not at all a bad fallback position, you know. Definitely no. not. Tylen Wallace, Josh Myers, Spencer Brown. There goes Davion Nixon, eighty-one to the Dolphins. Uh, so Adebo is still there. Let's see what happens here. Oh, they want ninety-one. So to move, so we got a trade in from the Eagles. They are offering 84 overall for our number 91 and our seventh round pick at 256. I would hit the counter button there and see if Adebo's still on the on the board. He is because, he because is. that's an He's absolute no brainer for yeah. for the third Abs- to last pick in the draft. Absolutely, he is still on the board. Then yeah. Let's do it. Yep. Okay, so we're gonna make yet another trade. We're gonna move up. Let's see. We're gonna move up seven spots with the Eagles, and we're all we're giving up is no, uh, number two fifty six in the seventh round. And I have a feeling we're gonna take a Debo. And let's get to it. All right, we are on the clock again at number eighty four. Uh, no, he's not. He's always oh, not. Wait, where he's are he going? Oh my God, he went the you pick misled me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I went the pick before, son of a bitch. I didn't think he went. All right, I, put the pack, trade the pick. <laughs> trade the pick, trade the pick. Trade out, trade out. My bad. Go Damn back to it. all. Let's see who all is there. Yeah, he went. Uh, well, now you can maybe start thinking wide receiver. So let's go. I, I think that's pretty dry. Right Divine Diablos right there. And and Hamsa Nasruddin. You want to talk about two guys that are perfect for the Rover uh, hybrid mm-hmm. spot? If, I mean, these are names. If everybody likes JOK, these are names where you start looking at players of that Ab- ilk, correct? Absolutely. I Absolutely. love them both. I love them both. And I saw something the other day. Diablo said uh, multiple teams have approached him about that exact move. And uh, Yep. I, and he, he seems I to embrace embraced it. it, I think, yes. was his exact quote, although I could be paraphrasing there. So Interesting. D- Divine Diablo, safety out of VTech. And then we got Hamza Nazraldine, safety out of Florida State, who both, like you guys said, play that hybrid kind of box role. Um, yeah. For anyone watching uh, who is banging the table for linebacker, and I know Chaz Surratt has been a popular name, already 24, not only 23, but yes. 24. So just keep that in mind. How old is Cameron McGrone, linebacker out of Michigan? 20. That's yes, why I th- he thought he was young. He yeah, does why I like he? him in this. Yeah. Friend. Dean had him at 132. Sure. Uh, and I, I got to say, at 132, I, I, 
I, I would be I think, very, well, very I, tempted. I, if I, but if I remember correctly, he didn't test. So that's that's the one issue you have with him, correct? Well, he's coming off. That's the other thing. Uh, yeah. He's coming off an ACL. Uh, oh, that's right. Why that's he right. didn't test. Um, but his film, I mean, you sure. can see the athleticism. He's still far more athlete than football player at this point. But again, like you said, you know, a while ago, Jeff, at 20 years old, that can be okay. You know, if sure. he's 23 mm-hmm. and a half, then that's a different story. But yeah, if you're going to go super athletic guy who's still finding his way at the linebacker position, McGrone is up there for me, especially if we get to this, you know, 91, 110, 132 Absolutely. range for sure. All right, so we're here. We are at eighty four. Um, any thoughts here? What, what are we? What are we doing here, boys? Diablo or Nasraldine for me? Okay. Um, I'm Jeff. taking. I'm taking Diablo just because you know Nasraldine's had some injury history. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, plus, I you know, I just I just think Diablo fits better in you know for me. I, I think of if you're ever going to have two linebackers on the field, you can have a Jacob Phillips, you can have a Divine Diablo, and you got two guys that are running you know four or five. That's, sure. that's a win that's a win sure. all right plus Devon. he's depth at the he's that depth at the safety uh yes. that you yes. talked about earlier of course so yeah and i you know i i think people on a lot of browns fans don't realize the depth that, the, that they need not only for 2021 depth at safety but the question mark it is going into 2022 ronnie mm-hmm. harrison's gonna be a free agent and great and people i i look i wish nothing but the best health for for grant delpit but I'm not going to assume. I'm not going to sit here yeah, and assume until you see it. Until, until you see, until you see it. you can't. Yep. You can Not to mention, it's unfair to the young man to expect right. that. So, and he's you know, a rookie. Exactly. So even if he's completely healthy, we really don't. We know no, what we think I, he can be. We this, don't know what he is. Absolutely. Level, I, to so. me, th- this is one position in this draft that I think is almost a guarantee they're going to select. It's it, not to mention. Joe Woods needs safeties. He needs mm-hmm. a lot of, more, more, more safeties. Defensive back. What do you off. mean? He wants to play three, but he has three, yeah. which is one I can't stand. <laughs> oh, that's if you want to play three, you have <laughs> to have five. Otherwise, you have Robert Jackson starting right. a playoff game. All right, let's do From it, the boys. practice squad. <laughs> Divine Diablo out of Virginia Tech. Safety. Let's go. All right. Plus, what a name. I mean, come on. You are right. right? One of the best <laughs> names in this fucking draft class, man. Come the on. The double D jokes just write themselves. <laughs> if you guys want me to pause anywhere, uh, we're up at 110. Let's see what, what kind of happened here. I think we're good. I, I think we're yeah, good. I think we're, good. Yeah. We, we're, we're good to go. I don't think we have a lot more tradable. At this point, I would be looking, maybe not at 110, but with whatever we still have, and I don't remember what we actually do have after that, I'm yeah. thinking he would be looking to move out into next year, um, but we can't do that on these, on this. So Absolutely. Okay, so these are what we have so far. We have, we have selected four players, 26, 46, 75, and 84. Um, so our next three picks, so our second, third, and fourth picks, uh, we're not where the Browns are currently standing. So we, we moved out of all those spots, mm-hmm. <laughs> moved into <laughs> out of all those spots. So, all right. Uh, so we've got a safety. We've got interior defensive lineman. We got an edge. We got a corner. I know wide receiver, but that God, it's, it is thin right now. I know you guys aren't a fan of Atwell. ISM would be my guy. ISM or, or Anthony Schwartz a little bit further down. I know they've yep. met with Daz Newsom. Uh, Josh Palmer, I think, is criminally underrated on this board. Yep. Um, so, yeah, there's some guys. But, I, again, I think this might be our next to last pick. I think, I think we've I only think got one is. more after I, this. I so. believe so. I believe so. 
I believe we have 169. I think that's the last pick we have. Nice. I think that is it. So we're going to dra- see the corners. Absolutely. John Wade, who's he's prim- interesting in this range. He is interesting. And he's, I mean, obviously he struggled on the outside, but for everything I'm reading that he might translate to a decent slot corner. Yeah. Well, I mean, all the, you know, he was a top 10 guaranteed pick and all that kind of stuff heading in yeah. here mm-hmm. because of what he did in the slot. And all that tape is still there. I mean, Absolutely. It's like that went away. Absolutely. I, you know, so that, or I've seen Dane and a couple other people project him at safety. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. So in this range, if he's there here or 132, which we don't have anymore, but just generally speaking, I'm not going to pound the table for him, but it's all that stuff that people loved about him is still there. It just got buried by a year for him playing out of position. All right. Jeff, what are you thinking right now, bud? Uh, I'm thinking wide receiver here. I mean, just because it it would be, it would be criminal to not get it done by here because I mean, this could conceivably get done at 26. Right. It really could. Obviously it didn't break that way. Um, And you look for, you know, I've seen people, you know, link Seth Williams to them before, which is interesting because so many more people want to talk about Anthony Schwartz as opposed to Seth Williams. Um, I feel bad for both of them as they played with um, young Mr. Nix and it just didn't Mm -hmm. go very well for either one of them. Um, you know, Anthony Schwartz, I just I think he has the, the vertical speed. And when you're talking four two seven, it's, I mean, th- there's nobody, there is yeah. nobody in that yeah. Browns locker room in the wide receiver room who has that. He has the experience running four two seven also. Yes. Has a, but also has, you know, the experience running jet motion, running jet sweeps. One of the things I say about this to people is, you know, Oh, well, Jarvis Landry did that. Yeah. Well, there's a huge, tremendous difference between running a four two seven and a four five seven. It's, I mean, it's literally a, a, I can't even describe it. And the fact that you put somebody like Anthony Schwartz on the field, you're worried about Odell. You're worried about all the tight ends. You're worried about Nick Chubb. You're worried about the other wide receivers. He comes on the field. He's the fifth option on any given play. But all of a sudden now you got every player in the secondary going, wait a minute, he's on the field. And that automatically just changes everything and makes things easier for everybody else. I, do you hope one day he progresses to maybe a number three wide receiver? I don't ever think he's going to be a starter. But you want to play with the Kansas City Chiefs of the Worlds, and you need, sure. you know, maybe one snap to score from 70 yards out to overcome a turnover, or your defense Absolutely. had a break in coverage. For me, Anthony Schwartz is such a lightning rod. And I gotta be honest, I I don't I think when you run four two seven, granted Al Davis isn't here anymore, but there are the Jerry Jones. Somebody is going to take four two seven in the first <laughs> three rounds. I agree with you. Yeah. And if nothing else, I mean. Everything you just said was absolutely true, but the, at the absolute minimum, they have to account for him. I mean, even if he's just like, you know, the old Bill yeah. Calgary routine, okay, absolutely. you go long every play. Yep. I mean, if that's all he does and he drags two guys with him 35 yards downfield to let Najoku and Landry and, you know, the backs out of the backfield and everybody operate underneath so that Baker doesn't have to <laughs> throw the ball into a window like this 37 times a game. I mean, that's value right there, especially on day three. If you get somebody that opens up the offense like that on day three, that's a, that's a huge win, I Absolutely. think. Absolutely. Well, what do you guys think, man? Give me a player. What are you guys thinking? Schwartz, I know you said Amir. You like Amir Smith, right? Right, Steve? I love Amir Smith, Marset. Yeah. I like uh, Josh Palmer has really grown on yeah, me, too. Yeah, he, he, he kind of <laughs> reminds me of the issues that uh, going into hit. Same issues Donathan, Donovan Peoples-Jones had going to his draft was he just – 
played for a really shitty offense. <laughs> yeah, there was an article that just came out a couple of days ago. I can't remember who uh, wrote it, but I retweeted it, and it was – I can't remember the title, but it was sure. you know, five wide receivers who played with rotten quarterbacks, basically. Yeah, right. No, he's, he's projected – yeah, Palmer, Schwartz, and Williams and Marset were all on that list. Wow. A yes. A lot of project, production wow. out on the field. So if you watch their film, they're open a ton and just can't get the ball. Or, you know, they're on a fly pattern. They're, they're deep and they're three steps beyond and the ball is underthrown. They have to wait for it and it gets knocked away. There was a lot of that kind of stuff for all of those guys. So any of those guys right here would be fine. But I think Schwartz, if you're talking just speed, not that the other guys are slow. But yeah. he's ludicrous speed. He's spaceballs ludicrous speed. That's what they Fast need. Fast and furious speed. That's what they need. You guys want to do it, <laughs> Anthony Schwartz? Yeah, why not? Okay. Let's do and it. I'm with you, Jeff. I'll be kind of surprised if he makes it out of day two in, in real life. Because just based off that 40 time, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and it's not even a 40 time. That's the why I said for him, there's a lot of guys that, you know, we've made fun of the 40 times because everybody's running a 439 this year. But sure. he was like an Olympic level 100. He was supposed to be sprinter. training for the he was supposed to be training for the Olympics. Exactly. It got shut down. That's the only reason he, he he's not there. I mean, it's it's that it's it's just a whole other level. And you know, it, and he would have been the combine all eyes on him if there was because right. if there was ever anybody possibly that could have threatened john ross it's very good chance that maybe it right. could have been anthony schwartz to threaten that oh we we might be done I, I, that's right we traded 169 to the patriots i think we've still got 211 yeah i think you're right i think you're right i think you're here right. as we scroll through here yeah i think you're right but I mean, you know, if this is the draft class, it's a pretty good draft class. It is not not a quantity uh, draft class, but definitely quality and positions of need. I mean, they're, they're you know, we picked up uh, a little bit of extra for la- for next year. So we did, we did. Yeah. See, this would be if we do have two eleven. This would be one of those spots where. Uh, I think it was Parcells a long time ago said somebody's always willing to give you next year's, yep. you know, we have two fourth, mm-hmm. for this year's fifth or, you know, that kind of stuff. So I would be trying yeah, there we go. I would be trying to trade this out for next year's fifth or something like that. Sure. Um, I mean, obviously, unless they have somebody, you know, their 103rd player on the board is still there for some wacky reason, but it sounds like this would be a prime candidate for that. Obviously we can't do that. On yeah. The we can't do that so here. We'll pick a guy. Yeah, we'll pick a guy. Um, let's see. They've so, met with Felton. They've met with Tariq Thompson. Mm-hmm. When you get in the later rounds like this, is it kind of just best player on the board kind of scenario? Is it is that one scenario where the, where that actually first is, first thing I do through? in this first thing I do in this scenario is I look for the name that I know should normally be here. That's Got the it. first thing yeah. I'm looking for. Sure. Right. Well, and then also in this in this range is, you know, in a normal year, this is small school guys uh, who are crazy athletic. Um, one name that stands out to me here, and I know one of the reasons Steve loves Marset so much out of Iowa, is returnability. Um, mm-hmm. You look here and you see that probably, I mean, one guy who has better returnability than him is Avery Williams out of Boise State. Mm-hmm. Um, he did it his entire career there. Um, he's tiny, sure, but... You know, he's what your fifth, sixth cornerback, but you think you have a plus return man and Avery Williams there. So that's an interesting name for me right off the bat. That's one that sticks out. Sure. And uh, I know we both like uh, uh, Nangwu uh, from uh, yes. Iowa State. Uh, he's outside the age guard rail, but 
like we talked about earlier, does that get loosened? He are met they, with he's he's met with the Browns too. He has yes, he has. The Browns. Yes, and he has. At pick two eleven, are all one hundred and fourteen draftable players gone? Uh, they might be sure. Um, and uh, Jeff brought something up to me a few weeks ago. We were talking about running backs, and it's an interesting thing. If they're not inclined to normally give a running back a second contract, sure. does that matter as much? Because you know what we said before about the second contract going young. Well, you pick him here. His second contract starts when he's 28 or 27, uh, whatever. I mean, you got four years out of a sixth round pick. If he sticks around that long, that that's great value, whether you resign you was, him or not. You would sign up for that every t- 100 out of 100 times. Yeah. So, and if you watch his stuff, he's – boy, talk about a guy who can get from zero to 100 in half a heartbeat. <laughs> Two <laughs> steps, yep. man. He's top speed. It's <laughs> Love it. Well, it. and it's not that, and it's not that he's 189. I mean, he's a fully grown man, right? You know, yeah. 11, you know, yoked up all of it. Yeah. He, well, he's patient. He's patient. And then, man, there was one against, I think it was against Kansas state. I could be wrong, but man, he saw something. And like, I, I mean, three guys were like, yeah, I mean, and you, but you had guys seven <laughs> yards freaky. off the line of scrimmage, but you had guys seven yards off the line of scrimmage. It just said net, never mind. Uh-huh. <laughs> there's not, <laughs> net, there's not a chance. I'm not even bothering. Ooh. Ooh. Sam Cooper, I know they've met with a few times. I like yes. Mustafa Johnson, um, but I don't know if we have any more room uh, for that. Um, any position you want me to kind of? I don't think you're really looking at positions at sure. this spot. You're looking for. Let's just look what's know, there. Because one of the things, one of the um, guardrails on that chart that leaked out that nobody likes to talk about that much is churn the bottom of the roster and this is where yes. you get a lot of those guys this sure. is where you get those guys who realize look special teams is how i'm going to stay in the league for six right or seven right years and make you know 400 grand a year or whatever the minimum is sure and so i'm going to play my ass off these are the guys who come in and just go nuts and get in fights at camp because the veterans are like dude it's july 29th calm down a little absolutely. Bit, you know? <laughs> absolutely this is the range where you get those kind of guys so well yeah uh, you could talk to me i'm wild goose you know like jeff risden said the other day if you could teach him not to hold two out of every three plays he's got some really interesting tape in the slot so i yeah I, there's a lot of guys here that are that are super interesting but yeah i would probably go with uh one of those two return guys that we talked about either avery williams or uh, uh nangu all right jeff uh i'm gonna go i'm gonna make it you know uh, for me it'd be the running back just because and one thing i keep saying is is look if you find common ground with nick chubb and the salary is 10 11 Maybe you're not comfortable dropping six and a half million for Kareem Hunt in 2022. Sure. Mm-hmm. So you're going to offset the money you're giving to Nick, but you know, obviously the money's going to have to come somewhere. Um, a sixth round running back who's going to make what <laughs> in year two, if yep. he's lucky four and a quarter um, you've made up that money and you've made it up pretty quickly. Uh, so yeah, for me, it would be a long woo. And it's just, it, it, it's, it's just the balance. It's the low to the ground. And it's Absolutely. just the fact that it's another player with elite speed. Actually, can we do one thing? Go to the yeah. safeties because they have That's... him under safety on this board. I want to see if he, there he is, 296. I, I don't know why they have him listed as a safety on this board because he's a cornerback everywhere else. He played cornerback, but the Browns have met Darren him. Hall. They've showed significant yes. interest yes, they in have. him. Darren he's Hall. a super fun player, 20 years old, incredibly productive for the Aztecs. Um, has, uh, uh, like I said, slot or slot has safety and corner versatility. I know gotcha. they've shown interest. So I would probably actually go that way uh, with this, uh, okay. with this pick, but you could easily talk me into the other two as well. Okay. Okay. Let's see. 
Hmm. So far, we have taken Greg Newsom, cornerback, Joseph Vasai, edge, Milton Williams, interior defensive lineman, Divine Diablo, best name in the draft at safety, and Anthony Schwartz, the burner out of Auburn, wide receiver. You know, only one. I'm actually, I'm actually, yeah, that's where I'm actually, I am actually going to put a checker on your checker here, Steve, and, and say yes with Aaron Hall. Because we all feel the absolute need here is to come out of this draft with two cornerbacks. Agreed. And right to this point, we're only at one. So let's do it. That's where I think, yes, Darren Hall. Darren Hall, book it. And he's some, it sounds like what you're saying, Stephen, he's kind of one of those versatile defensive backs where you can move Mm -hmm. around the field a little bit, Uh, whether Mm -hmm. that's safety or in the slot, you know. But uh, he projects. To Jeff's point, he's only 20 years old still. So. That's this, mm-hmm. this, this smells like a Andrew Barry pick. And you guys said he, they did meet with him. Yes. Darren Hall is on the list. Yes. Wow. Okay. Let's do it. Well, this was, um, we didn't get quantity in this draft, but I feel like we got quality. I feel like we got quality. Um, I feel bad that I moved up when, when I thought Diablo or not, uh, Debo was on the, <laughs> <laughs> a Debo, a Debo was on the board, but he was not. He went to pick before to the Bears. So just to recap, Greg Newsom, we took a 26. Guys, we ended up with four players in the top 84, uh, three in the top 75. Well, uh, let's think, well, think about this. If your draft board consists of 114 players, obviously, you know, where are you trying to hit? You know, it sure. wouldn't be the greatest, you know, tragedy to want to be able to get into that range. Absolutely not. All right. Let me get this off. Holy smokes. You love to see it. All right. Let me go back to there. All right. That was a lot of fun, boys. Uh, any final thoughts on uh, before we, I got one little segment to do. We'll get through it super quick before I do that. Anything else you guys want to say about this upcoming draft? It's going to be here in a few days. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> In a polite way, uh, yeah. And the other thing is, folks, manage your consumption. Um, I understand. <laughs> Look, it's you're the host city. You're not on the clock as of right now till 26. The last thing you want to be doing is, you know, holding your significant other's hair back while she's yuking somewhere. Yes, and you hear the Browns are on the clock and, you know, you're trying to clean crap up off your shoes. But, I mean, I understand, look, for everybody, it's been a long time coming. For a lot of people, this is going to be their first legitimate time out of the house in over a calendar year. Absolutely. Um, try to enjoy it, and uh, let's not go, uh, you know, white girl wasted, okay, folks? Well, and if you're going to, eat some, do some orange jello shots, so at least you're supporting the team. Absolutely. The team. Yes. yes, there you go. Yes. Perfect. And your regurgitation. Yes. yes, perfect. Always thinking. Always thinking. Perfect. Well, guys, not just that... a hat rack, my friend. Not just that was a, a shit ton of fun. I, I got to do one last segment before I get you guys out of here. Let's roll through this quick because I appreciate you guys uh, hanging with me this long. Um, my last segment I like to do on every show, all the listeners know it's called Five Random Ass Questions, where oh, I just right. ask five random ass things uh, that could be that could be about the Browns. They, they might not be about the Browns. I have two of you here, so I have it broken down into two questions each for you. And then the last, the fifth question, I'll ask both of you that question. So let me fire this off. Five random ass questions. Jeff, number one, how do you prefer your wings, man? Drums or flats, hot or mild? I don't really have a preference, but I, I guess I, I don't mind flats. Uh, flats sure. and hot, no doubt about it. Hot, I oh, like yeah. peeling those two bones apart and you get yeah, all the stuff on the you inside. You like to work nobody, for it, don't you? 
You like the work. No, but that's part. where the if you actually cook, that's where the best part is between the two bones. That's yes, where the what? good flavor is. Absolutely. I, I love how Jeff started that by saying, I don't have a preference. And he ended it. Like, <laughs> now he's like, pounding the <laughs> table. He's pounding the table. I don't have a preference. You, you do know care. what? You know what? Yes. Here's the thing about flats, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really care, but listen up, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, if you, you want to so take drum, I mean, if you want to take drums on day three, I guess it's all right. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> all right, Stephen. Stephen, I know you've you've lived. Uh, question number two is for you. Um, I know you lived a lot of your life on obviously uh, growing up in Northeast Ohio, but you've been on the West Coast for a long time. What's better, a California style taco or a New York style pizza from back east? Oh, jeez, because. <sighs> There is no wrong answer, I don't think. I, I they're, they're both fantastic. Because exactly, because I, I tell people all the time that one of the hardest things to find on the West Coast is good pizza. Yeah, there, there was there was a Italian pizza and sub shop on every block where I grew up. Yeah, but yeah. when you go to Cali, there is a awesome taco burrito stand on every block. So right, yeah, which is yeah, it's. Uh... And growing up in Cleveland, Cleveland still, I always say, think of Cleveland as sort of the end of the East Coast. It's an East Coast sure. style city because it still has very ethnic uh, areas, old areas, you sure. know, like my, my family was Italian. They went back beyond the turn of the last century, you know, and those sorts of neighborhood restaurants were everywhere when I was growing up. And there's still a lot of them out there. You can find, I mean, you throw a rock and find a good family, little 10 table Italian restaurant in Absolutely. Cleveland. I mean, and it's sort of that way out here with, taco trucks i mean you know it when you first everybody who moves out here is freaked out at yeah. first because food trucks are such a big thing they, here they are way bigger than they like are. we used to call them roach coaches growing up in ohio <laughs> you know and but out here that's where the really good food is absolutely so, god if you forced me to pick one for the rest yeah. of my life i would yeah. probably have to go with new york pizza but yeah. boy by the tiniest margin by it the is. tiniest margin i i would probably agree with you and it, it is it's by the tiniest margin <clears throat> well you know what's even if you ever get a chance man uh, there's actually it's been kind of i don't know what the situation is now because of covid but in la there's the thing called street food cinema dude where they they, they travel every month at like a park somewhere in LA, it's at a different location in LA, and they show a couple movies and, and uh, on like a little inflatable big screen mm -hmm, that they have, mm -hmm. and then they have all these food trucks there, like six, seven, eight different food trucks. Such a great event! Shout out to those people at Street Food Cinema, awesome event if you're in the LA area. All right, number three, Jeff, rank these three Browns former one former number one draft picks for our first round draft picks let me rephrase rank these three browns former first round picks brady quinn brandon whedon and johnny manziel <laughs> rank them worst to best rank them according friend. to worst to best yes three three oh, and three Lord. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they worst all have something oh, yeah. in common they were all taken in the first round and they were all taken at number 22 right Brady I mean, Quinn, Wheaton. Brandon Wheaton, Johnny, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I, I, I think you'd have to put Wheaton one. I mean, there were actually a couple of times where he won a couple of games. Mm -hmm. uh, Brady Quinn. I mean, obviously the situation wasn't that great. No, so, but I mean, he's got it. There's no way Manziel's not three. So obviously that means Brady Quinn's got to go too. Uh, and, and Johnny Manziel, I mean, 
I can understand. And Hey, if you thought your life peaked at 21, I mean, Hey, maybe it did, but uh, with a couple hundred million dollars on the line, thinking that your life peaked at 21. Uh, and I know he tries now. And like, he has a little fun on Twitter. I mean, I love the uh, autograph that he sent to uh, Daryl Ryder recently. Oh, that was great. And I'll tell you right now, yeah. if he, and if he wants to recoup some of the money he's lost, Send those off, man. Yeah. People pay $150 to have an autographed <laughs> FU helmet from Johnny Manziel. <laughs> you ain't I lying. am telling you right there. Uh, but Manziel has to go three. You know, Whedon, it was just weird because of the age thing. But again, if he had played five years and was decent yeah. at 31, when you're talking second year, second contract for a quarterback at 31, you would have been okay with it. You know, Quinn, it's just, you know, it's a shame that, you know, you had a better physique. Yeah, you were more <laughs> handsome than you could actually play the position. He is a handsome fellow, let me tell you. Built like a shit brick house for a quarterback. All right, I like that answer. Steven, number four. Uh, you're going to hate this one, but Steven, rank these three Saturday Night Live cast members. <laughs> John Belushi, Bill Murray, and Chris Farley. Oh, my goodness gracious. Rank Jesus. them three to one. I don't even want to say worst to best because none of these guys are terrible. Oh. All three are legends. I've got John Belushi, Bill Murray, and Chris Farley. Rank them three to one. I, I hate to do this, but as I know you do that's much as I love Farley, he's got to go. Farley's got to go three. I, yeah, I mean, it's I just painful, right? And and, and he's oh, what so a good. what a tragic loss, man. Yeah, he was so funny. And he was so much more. I mean, obviously, most of his famous stuff was, you know, the fat guy making fun of himself and for his sure. weight and all that. But he was so in a van down by the river. God, so Dude, much subtle stuff. So talented. Dude, he was so the Chris brilliant. Farley show stuff to me was even oh. some of his best. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness, dude. Oh, the one he did with um with McCartney. Oh, I can McCartney. I can watch it yep. to this day oh, and like so almost good. pee. I laugh so hard. So but good. I mean, how do you put him again? Especially unfortunately because he passed away. So young how do you yeah. put him ahead of Absolutely. and i think that is why i i just gave myself the reasoning for why two to one okay um as much as i love belushi and as much as he has become a larger than life figure uh, since he passed away absolutely the the length and breadth of bill murray uh, I, I mean at their peak they were probably both equal cool. as funny yeah. but bill's been around i mean you hate to say it that way but john passed away at a young age so Absolutely. he didn't get a chance to do and bill murray's still out there doing shit that's that's hysterical at you know well, and my 70 thing here, whatever and, so and my thing here and, and where i'd agree with you is is belushi and farley had to go the extra level you know bill murray like you just looked and it, it wasn't going to be stripping his clothes off no. it wasn't going to be putting on the ninja costume yeah. it was just you knew something was coming and it was a lot more, you know, wit to it as opposed to physical comedy. Gotcha. Right. That's a good point, right. too. I and will the, also say, though, speaking of putting on the ninja costume, uh, and I know you were uh, referring to Farley probably, but uh, I can, again, another one, I can watch Samurai Delicatessen to this day. And <laughs> yes. just so roll. Funny. I know what's it's, coming, and I John still laugh great. my ass off. Yeah. These are probably three of my personal favorite cast members of all time. Three of my favorite. Eddie Murphy would be in the mix too, even though he was only there for one year, but he was incredible on that. And in that one year. All right. I like that answer, man. I like it. All right. Fifth one. This is for both of you. Um, I always try to throw one of these in here because I co-host a horror movie podcast, which you both know. <laughs> and I've had one guest so far that was actually a big horror fan. Lane Atkins is actually a big horror fan. I love it. All right. What's the last horror horror movie you guys watched that you Oof. enjoyed? Who are three people who have never been in my kitchen? 
Yes, for a thousand. Yes. Oh, horror movie you watch that you act that you actually do remember enjoy? I enjoy a lot of them. I do on on, for different reasons too. I mean, there's some, and and this applies to comedy too. But you would know this. There are some that you you know you you really pay attention to the story and the characters, and and then there are others where you're just like, you know what. I'm going to take my brain out and put it on the table for 90 minutes and mm-hmm. just enjoy this for what it is. Just absolutely flashy, you know, gory, whatever. Absolutely. I enjoy a lot of them on a different, God, what was the last one though? And so long since we've all been to the movies. Yeah, I know. Right. Um, or something in recent memory that was, that's, that's maybe in like the last five, 10 years that was newer or something that you watched that you enjoyed. Hmm. Because I got horror movies for days for recommendations. For days, boys. <laughs> okay. But you're putting this also, so the 2017 Hugh Brown, Hugh Jackson Browns don't count in this, right? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Okay. No, he said enjoyed. Enjoyed. <laughs> oh, oh true, enjoyed. true. Enjoyed. Enjoyed. Yeah. Yes, yes. Very, <laughs> no. very good point. Very good point. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess, and, and you know, this will probably get me, get me some hate from your horror movie uh, oh. uh, fans. Uh, the last one that like blew me away, since it's not my top genre of movies, it takes sure. really something exceptional for me to uh, was Blair Witch. That yeah. is, you know, I saw that the ju- my junior year of high school, and uh, such a phenomenon, and it it really it, it created a whole new subgenre in horror. It scared the living. piss out like i was and i wasn't in high school i was almost 30 years old i was on the road doing comedy and this is a totally true story i saw that movie i went back to my hotel room and i spent the entire night with not only all the lights on Mm -hmm. but i had to open the door to the to the sliding door to the closet so that nobody was in that's how friggin scared and i was a 30 year old man for god's sake i tell you that might even i'll I'll up you one i'll up you one i was i was on a first date when I saw Blair Witch, um, <laughs> there had been a, a tad bit of partaking before the said movie. Sure. Um, I literally forgot the girl was there at one point. I mean, my <laughs> mind was racing. My heart was racing. Uh, I did end up dating her for a you know, better part of five years. But even the two of us, like afterwards, we were laughing our asses off. Like, what the fuck were we just thinking? This was not something to do on a first date <laughs> by any means whatsoever. Yep. Um, but my other overall, you could still show me a picture of michael myers today <laughs> and I, I i will i i will tense up yep. i will and it was to the point where my brothers i had two older brothers god bless the one of them who's not here anymore they used to put grocery store remember the old brown bag mm-hmm. they would just come up out of nowhere and, and and they would just start with the piano and it was just i mean Dude. my mother used to beat the living daylights out of them every time she caught them <laughs> but these guys live for this and once they started playing that michael myers music I mean, I was to the point where if you let me around a kitchen utensil, I would have stabbed one of them. (laughs) One of the most iconic scores ever. And it's crazy that John Carpenter produced, wrote, directed and composed the score for that for the original Halloween movie. Let me ask you this. If we're talking about classics, uh, because I mean, you could go back to Amityville and, you know, there's a ton of them. Let me ask you this, because I do. Do you consider Jaws? a horror movie because Abs- i consider it absolute. the absolute number absolutely. one monster movie of all but is it horror i don't Absol- know Does absolutely it? here's yeah? one, okay oh absolutely here's one thing that i will say and it's funny we actually did an episode on the podcast on dead and santa carla recently about gatekeeping and horror and part of that is you know labeling like that's like people argue that's not horror you don't know what horror is you mm-hmm. have if you haven't seen this movie that kind of shit horror can be whatever the hell you want it to be in my opinion um 
there's so many movies out there with horror elements now are they really horror but no but they even got those horror elements in them um yeah 100 percent jaws is horror yeah it's a it's a goddamn monster movie absolutely i showed that to my daughters a couple of years ago they were probably like 11 and 10 at the time they watched about 90 seconds saw jaws for the first time like what the hell is this crap it was like, oh, mm. oh I, uh, I tell you what, 30 years ago, you would have been scared of the freaking bejesus like the rest of us. Movie. Yeah, I, I, would I remember horror thriller. That's what Jaws is. Horror yeah, thriller. it's it's the ultimate monster movie. I it think. is. It, it really is. And I, I was if I want to age myself a bit here, I remember I still remember it. 1975. I was five years old. My dad took me Beautiful. to see Jaws in the yeah. theater. Imagine doing that as a parent these oh, days. Yeah. You know? first, and to this day, yeah. I ask him, I go, what? the fuck were you thinking i was five years old and he's like hey, you wouldn't sleep for like three weeks i'm like Gee, well, i wonder why <laughs> in his defense and i didn't swim again for four years <laughs> in in his defense there was no pg-13 rating men and mm-hmm. the original jaws is pg and also jaws created the original summer blockbuster yep uh mm-hmm. that was the first one that where it became the model for for big movies to come out in the summer Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's a no, I Jaws is a top 10. Oh, you want to speaking of not swimming, Jeff? This is a totally true story. 1976, our summer family vacation, Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> oh, <God>. I'm <laughs> not course. making that up, of course. I'm not your making father that up. planted the seed, your dad planted the <laughs> seed, son of a and bitch. he the I whole t- I still remember this too. The whole time we were there, he'd be like, Yeah, I think they filmed such and such right around this beach. I'm like, Then why are we here, dad? Yes, you absolutely. <laughs> I have, I have three modern horror films that i would recommend i don't know if you guys have seen them then we'll get out of here three that i recommend uh the conjuring from 2013 mm-hmm. uh best ghost uh, uh haunting style film i've seen since the original poltergeist uh without a Ooh, doubt. that was scary too yeah um, it's about really that. good really excellent visual storytelling great use of sound and camera work it's really the director james wan really puts on a clinic in that uh, the conjuring so that's the first one second one i would recommend is get out from 2017 have you guys seen get out Mm-mm. that is written directed by jordan peele who had a nothing right. but a comedic background and he's come out of nowhere to, to give us get out and us from 2019 both really good horror movies but get out uh got jordan peele the best uh right around. best original screenplay for an oscar yeah he did Highly recommend that. And then the third one is called Hereditary from 2018, starring Tony Collette. One of the best single acting performances I have ever seen in a horror film by Tony Collette in Hereditary. So get out Conjuring and Hereditary if you guys want three modern horror films that I highly, highly recommend. Got it. Mark it down. Jeff, oh, I look for. I look. I want a to full next report. Time I got to stay up for thirty six hours. I want a full <laughs> report. I want a full report. All right, guys. I appreciate you guys coming on, and spending like an hour and forty some minutes with me. I appreciate it. It's a little longer than I wanted, but it's it, you're gonna have that. But I appreciate you guys, and I know how busy you guys are, uh, especially this time of the year. So it really means a lot that you both come on with me. Um, Blast. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, anytime, anytime. It was a shit ton of fun. Uh, let's get all the plugs where we can find you. Uh, Jeff, we'll start with you. Hit us up with all your plugs, where the people can find you. I'll put a lot of that in the description, guys. Uh, but Jeff, fire away, my man. Um, well, as soon as iTunes uh, corrects their updates, there's plenty of more draft coverage waiting for you of Locked On Browns. Um, we've kind of been limited. I mean, you couldn't do like 
college basketball shows right now or anything else. Like really, you had to mess with the NFL channel right now. Um, so no, 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 I'm not upset at all. No, as you can tell. Yeah. Um, but of course, Locked On Browns, the Locked On Browns Twitter handle, uh, Spotify, iTunes, of course, the brand new Odyssey app. Uh, and we just uh, through the network and through everybody, you know, uh, we'll finish our mock draft of uh, all 32 NFL team hosts. The, the last one of that will go out tomorrow. That's been a blast. We have had Michael Ir- Irvin involved. Brian Baldinger, uh, we've uh, you know some Hell local yeah. experts as well. So it, it's been really fun, to, and just to see where it's all come. A year ago at this time, you know, our boss David Lock, David Lock, he's like, no, things are going to get so much better, and it's like we're literally like, dude, we're in the middle of a pandemic, and you're really about to tell us <laughs> you know, how we're going to grow like this. And I mean, 100 true to his word. I mean, September came around, and it was just like, holy shit, wow, he, he was dead on, and. It's just great to see it grow and everybody, everybody works so sure. hard. But of course, please make sure, you know, everybody uh, locked on Browns, you know, usually Thursday night, we'll, we'll put out two or three shows. We usually go 10 picks at a time. Uh, we try to get something up in the morning preview in day two. And then we try to get something up on Saturday, trying to preview day three. Uh, you know, this is, you know, other than the season and, you know, other than playoffs, this Absolutely. is the biggest time for a football podcast. And, 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 and guys, Jeff bust his ass over at Lockdown mm-hmm. Browns. I mean, they're dropping episodes almost every day over there. So um, definitely I've listened for years. Definitely check them out. I'll put I'll put some links to Jeff's Twitter and maybe even the podcast in the description, even though it's he's having issues with Apple Podcasts is fucking over Jeff right now. They are not being very friendly. They are not being friendly. There is no way I should be 20% below my monthly goal in April. Yeah. But I'm okay. I'm handling it well, guys. I'm handling it very well. Love you, Jeff. He doesn't have a preference in flats or drums either. No! (laughs) (laughs) Steven, where where can the fine people of Browns Nation find you, my dude? Anything you want to plug? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, easiest place is, uh, you know, since I have no life, you can almost always find me on my Twitter account at Browns Mark Draft. Uh, everything's on the OBR, the OBR.com. If you want to come over there uh, right now, dollar for your first month. And I think it's 50% off or 60% off right now. Uh, you get Paramount Plus involved, yeah. uh, included in that. It's really a great deal. A lot of horror movies. Um, and then Plus. you can come in. Uh, <laughs> Come into the OBR forums and and uh, uh, you know invite me to have sex with blood relatives and, and as as is the custom in Absolutely. there, uh, which is a personal, perfectly rational and normal response to a mock draft. I mean, that's, uh, totally. Um, but uh, yeah, the OBR.com, uh, they were kind enough to give me a shot this past year, and it's been a blast. I've had so much fun, uh, and I've learned a ton. Uh, but there and Twitter, that's pretty much where you can find just about anything that I that I put out Browns related. Yeah, and guys, Steven, honestly, he does some of the best. Honestly, real talk, he does some of the best draft work in all the Cleveland media. He does. Uh, he, he really, truly does. Um, he's Checks a humble, in the mail, right, Steve? He's, mm-hmm. a, he's a humble, nice fucker, but <laughs> it's true. So, But, guys, I consider you both friends, man, and I appreciate you guys coming on for this uh, little final draft preview for the Browns. It's a big week. The draft, NFL draft, will be here soon enough, folks. Only a few more days. Um, any, uh, if you guys want to hit me up on Twitter, hit me up with any feedback. Uh, you can follow me at Andy Cleves underscore. You can follow the show at Not Same Browns on Twitter. Uh, Jeff, Stephen, thanks again for joining me, boys. Thanks for having uh, me. Anytime, man. bro. Anytime. All right, man. All right, guys. Have fun. Be safe at the draft, my friends. And go Browns, baby. Hoo, hoo, hoo.